1: around the moral issues of our time visit avemarialaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree
0: our catholic heritage is rich in opportunities to grow the mind while nurturing the soul the wonderful dave palmer is here to explain why our kids need the philosophy of saint thomas aquinas Hello and welcome, I'm Lisa Mladnick. Today our guest Dave Palmer will explain why our kids need the philosophy of St. Thomas Aquinas. Dave Palmer and his wife Paula are proud parents of three children. The family worships at St. Mary the Virgin Parish in Arlington, Texas. He's the author of St. Thomas Aquinas for Everyone, 30 quick and fun lessons, activities and outdoor adventures based on the Summa Theologia and a new book in the works called The Simple Summa, which is the first of his new series of four great resources for your family, so stay tuned on that. Dave also teaches an introduction to the Summa Summa Theologia for high school students for homeschool connections, very popular class. And Dave serves as the executive director of the Guadalupe Radio Network's Catholic radio station in North Texas, that's Kath nine ten a.m. and is the host of several radio programs, including the Good News Show, the Cast nine ten a.m. Interview of the Week, which airs in North Texas, and the podcast Back to the Father, which is broadcast on Guadalupe Radio. Dave also has a YouTube channel. You really got to check this out, where he teaches on the Th- Summa Theologia, which <laughs> I can't say, and we're, you know, feel free to laugh at me. <clears throat> Excuse me, and some great content on Facebook. Everything is in the show notes for you. Um we're really excited to have Dave back. He's also the voice of this podcast opening credits as well. Thanks for coming back, Dave. It's good to see you.
1: Well, thank you, Lisa. Sorry you had to say summa theologia about five times in that <laughs> introduction. <laughs> I should I should diversify more so you don't have to keep saying that word so many times, but you did well. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. It's it's like my penance for today because I'm very insecure <laughs> about that word. Um but it's so good to see you and thanks for all that you do out there. You really um really speaking for the Lord out there and appreciate you for that. Thank you. Yeah. So, so step us into just briefly, what is it about philosophy that's important to include in our children's education?
1: Well, I, Lisa, I'm a big believer that children should learn philosophy early, early, early. I'm talking about toddlers because the word philosophy itself means the love of wisdom. Wisdom is the highest of the intellectual virtues. And uh, the best way, I guess, to explain wisdom or philosophy is kind of seeing the big picture of things, you know, not getting hyper focused on one thing but understanding almost seeing the the world from god's point of view so that we can order our lives well and philosophy also means what we can know through the natural light of human reason it's not divine revelation because that would be more like theology this is you, you know like understanding our intellect our will our passions our desires our senses how we as human persons operate, because it's kind of like if you have a car and you don't know how it operates, you're not going to be a very good driver, right? So to understand the human person really is fundamental, and I don't think you can begin to learn that early enough.
0: Mm, so right. I remember Saint Teresa of Avila wrote in Interior Castles that the first room in the castle is self-knowledge because it teaches us humility, but it also just draws us closer to the designer who made us. Like that self-knowledge is a step forward into God.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you talk about you know the relationship between our self-knowledge and God. Of course, we wouldn't exist if there wasn't a God. So, in order to ourselves, when we understand ourselves well, we're also naturally going to come to better understanding of God because he created us. And 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 so it's it's really kind of a package deal. The more you understand yourself, the more you one will understand God and the more you'll desire him as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we really need help to do that. So philosophy in general gives us this these thinking tools and these ways of uh, these inroads into who we are, and 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 what I love too about it is I feel like uh, the practice or the discipline of philosophical thinking um, actually helps us to to hear when something's not true, uh, to be able to hear something that's discordant around us where someone's trying to sell us a little something or persuade us in a way that's not fundamentally uh, clear thinking.
1: Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, the the classic example of, you know, uh, Mozart being at a symphony and one bad note is played. Well, he will notice it. More so than maybe you and I would be, would be able to, because he he knows music and he knows how it all should go together. And so, like to your point, we're more aware when something's off if we understand the big picture and how things should be. Uh, so it's it's important. It's it's a good grounding principle. And then, you know, grace builds upon nature. So if we want to prepare ourselves to be able to receive God's grace, first of all, we should understand nature. And that's why seminarians, for example, will always take philosophy before they go into theology. I think it's the proper ordering of things.
0: Mm, Nice. And you have a way, too. We're kind of giving a high-level overview before we really step more deeply into this. And so, note to parents, Dave's work is super accessible. And I'm going to ask him to talk about that a little more in a few minutes. Um, but first, tell us again, for the sake of the parents, why Aquinas? Why this particular focus that you feel is really essential for our kids?
1: Yeah. Aquinas, if you understand Aquinas as a, as a man, you know, he lived in the 13th century, approximately 1225 to 1275. He lived to be approximately 50. So he's right in the middle of the 13th century, which was a beautiful century, but not without its problems. But what was happening back then is you had this great push, like the Franciscans were formed, the Dominicans were formed. And so there was this great call for holiness and and Christianity. At the same time, you had the influx of translations of Aristotle, you know, pagan philosophy, a very natural philosophy. Aristotle was a scientist. He was a biologist and a zoologist and a meteorologist. Mm. And so you had this clash, and it was a it was a very defining aspect of the age where people were like, okay, am I gonna go natural? Am I gonna go Aristotle? Or am I gonna go Christianity? In fact, The the church banned Aristotle for a while because they they didn't quite know what to think of him. Well, Aquinas, in his genius, took both and said we can we can take what's good about Aristotle about natural philosophy, and he also had you know Albert the Great as a teacher who was a great scientist, and let's take them both and let's not lose anything our Christian faith and the, the teachings and dogmas of the church, but at the same time we can look around us and we can incorporate all. All of our sense experiences and our our philosophical inclinations into our our religion and that's really you know faith and reason the world uh here here below and, and what's up how, above all come together with aquinas and that's that's his genius and i i think you know nowadays people tend to be too worldly but if we see how Rather than saying bad, 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 you know the, the world is great. The world is great, good, but only when it's seen in light of, of the of the divine, and that's that, that's Thomas's genius, and he did this 750 years ago, and we're still you know parsing it out and learning it today.
0: Yeah, so beautiful. I mean, if we are, as the church tells us, a unity of body and soul, and if God is present in all of creation in that sacramentality of his just imbuing everything with his love and his presence, and if all of it means something, we know this from the theology of the body and we can extrapolate out, you come back to Aquinas and that way that he brings it all together. And I feel like, you're right. Your passion for it is so appropriate for our time, like just busting through and connecting all of the dots together, that it all belongs to God.
1: Yeah, that, that's that, that's kind of the, the passion I have, is in reading Aquinas, it, it brings me joy because everything starts to make more sense. You know, it's like, for example, and this comes out in my my new book a lot, is that we're kind of right in the middle of creation. You know, we believe you know through the teachings of the church that there are such a thing as angels right and we know that there's dogs and cats and crickets and salamanders but the angel and the salamander or the cat have almost nothing in common other than existence okay one the body one doesn't one has intellect and will the other one doesn't but we're right in the middle and we share all those qualities we have a lot of similarity to the dog and the cat and the salamander and the, and the caterpillar, and we have a lot of similarity with the angels. So we're right here in the middle, uh, kind, of, kind of like a hybrid, <laughs> you know. Mm. And and it's, it's and that's what's interesting. That if we get too caught up here and act like cr- brutes, that's bad. But if all we <laughs> do is think about, oh my, you know, we're angels. You know, well, no, we're not angels. We're we're kind of right in the middle, trying to figure out what's here below, while peeking up uh, to where we aspire to be above, and that's the human condition. And that's—it's complicated, but it's also quite exhilarating, and that's—that's that's our life.
0: Yeah, so we want to be present to our whole selves, and all that potential for a f- the fullness of life that God wants for us. Yeah, tell us a little bit about um, your book, St. Thomas Aquinas for Everyone. I'm going to read the whole title because it's important. <laughs> 30 Quick and Fun Lessons, Activities and Outdoor Adventures, Based on the Summa Theologia, and, and also step us into what you're doing with your series, starting with the simple Summa. Just tell us a little about those resources.
1: Yeah, yeah, the first one was really inspired by the fact that, you know, I, I realized when I picked up the Summa and started reading it uh, firsthand, I didn't read any secondary literature. I didn't want to read what people said about Thomas. I wanted to read Thomas. So I picked up the Summa and I started reading it. And although, of course, I didn't understand every single bit of it, but there was a fascinating aspect. And, and, the, and the word that came to my mind was, you know, there's a, there's a certain beautiful simplicity about this. Nobody ever talks about Aquinas being simple. And then when Thomas started to describe God and his attributes, the very first attribute that he gives for God is his simplicity. And so, I thought, well, if God is simple above, you know, that, that's his first attribute, that at least as explained in the Summa, and there's a simplicity about the teachings, well, why are we waiting till… You know, people get into college when they're 18 or 19 years old to start learning philosophy, and I felt very inspired to try to get this to the point where parents could even teach their young children basic Principles of philosophy, and so that's what the first book. uh, And you know, going outdoors, you know, uh, lifting rocks and looking up in trees and looking at the clouds, and which I think most parents are like, yes, more of that, more of that these days. And so it kind of feeds into that natural inclination we have to um, uh, uh, just associate with the the natural world of our senses, but make more sense of it in the light of uh, the big picture of, of God and and ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> So that yeah. that was the first book,
0: <laughs> yeah. And so you're talking about also simplifying the Summa in your four book series. Just give us a peek into what you're doing there.
1: Yeah, I recently talked to a, a bishop, and I told him about my passion, and he said, "Well, do you do you have a curriculum for this? Can you?" And I said, "Well, let, let me look into that." Uh, so I, having you know, taught, and, and I'm so grateful to Homeschool Connections because it, truly, without Homeschool Connections, I could never do what I'm doing now because it allowed me to take the entire SUMA, break it into 24 classes. And now for, I think, seven, eight years, I've been teaching these high school kids. And as you know, Lisa, the best way to learn something is to teach it, right? And get the questions and the feedback. And, And so I... I decided, well, let me take the the four parts of the Summa. The first one's called Prima Pars, and it's, it's about God and the angels and man and creatures and creation, a little bit about Adam and Eve. And let me just see if I can explain it in a book in a way that is conversational, like you and I are talking right now. Not a lot of quotes from the Summa, but more just trying to explain it. And that's that's what I did, and it's uh, it, uh, you pick it up. It's it's still kind of deep material, but it's done in a conversational way, like you're sitting with somebody, you know, having lunch at a restaurant. You're just talking about it and enjoying the conversation. So that's yeah. what I did, and hopefully, I did it successfully. And if this one takes off, then I'll uh, hopefully, you know, well, I'm going to whether it takes off or not, I'm going to do two, three, and four, and and finish the summa uh, before I'm called home. (laughs) I
0: hope. (laughs) Yeah, so everyone pray for that. (laughs) Dave's got to finish his magnum (laughs) He's got keep him on earth, Lord. (laughs) We need those. Yeah, so if you could just tell us a little bit about, you mentioned that you can even start when children are very young. Say a little bit more about what that looks like to start to teach the basics of philosophy and then How do we then meet them at different ages? Your kids are you've got a nine year old and you've got a a child about to go off to college. So you've really been through the whole gamut, really, as far as bringing this to your children.
1: Yeah. I give you a, a few examples. I mean something that any, you know, 4-year-old I think could understand. It's like you're you're walking, uh, uh, you know, my my son and I got into kite flying this this last summer. So we go to the to the park and you know, if you if you go to the park and you you look up in the sky and you see a kite, right? And you see a kite flying. 99.9% of all people naturally are going to come and bring it down. And you're like, who's operating it? You know, because mm-hmm. you know it's not up there flying itself. Right. So you, <laughs> you, 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 nat- or you see a drone. If you have you ever seen a drone up in the sky, the, your first thought is like, <laughs> Who, who, who's doing that, right? We look around. Yeah. So I would tell the, the the child, okay, we we do that naturally. We all want to know who's you know flying this kite or who's flying the drone. Well, well what about the, the things in creation? What about the, the the tree or or the bird or the cricket? Okay, so do you have that same curiosity, like? Who, who's operating that I mean because mm. they're 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 irrational creatures and they're operating and they're you know ants are building mounds and you know birds are building nests and they're doing these amazing things and you're thinking like hmm is there some is there something behind that also I mean can we follow that string down to the Creator and of course we know it's God uh so that'd be one thing and uh you, you know you, you go you, if you went into an art gallery and you saw this beautiful picture or you go into the Sistine Chapel and you have no idea who painted it. Well, it's very logical to say, who did this? This is beautiful, right? But do we have that same curiosity about the world? I mean, you walk, you wake up every morning and you see the sunrise and you think... Who did that? You <laughs> know, but mm-hmm. we don't we don't generally ask those questions. So all it is, is is recognizing beauty and then realizing that there's something behind it, something glorious. And if I if I can give one more example, it's something oh, like, do. like a, 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 a caterpillar. Yeah, you know, all, all children are aware that if they're taught that uh, this grubby little caterpillar that doesn't really have much ability goes into a cocoon and kinda of dies, uh, you know, it almost kind of this goes into this different state and then however much later, you know, this beautiful butterfly comes out and we think you and you ask yourself, well why why would God have incorporated that into nature. Is there something about that? Because it sure sounds like the resurrection of the body, doesn't it? It sure sounds almost like Jesus. <laughs> you know, is is are we being taught things through nature? I, I think that's like a real obvious um, one, like, God, you're, you're making that one easy on us. But you know looking at other things um just the the the, the seasons and uh, you know I, my, my wife plants these these flowers in our garden and they go dormant for 11 months and all of a sudden almost like on clockwork they just spring out right around Easter time every year and I'm like wow mm-hmm. how did they know to do that so again it's it's just a, a a priest friend of mine said one time it's a spirituality of awareness you know being aware of what's going on around us and then connecting it with the supernatural. And it it leads to more wonder and awe, and I I think ultimately happiness.
0: Yeah. And I think gratitude, too. My mother-in-law lives with us, and she's almost 100 years old and still remarkable. She's a great lady. And when my daughter, who's 23 now, was a toddler, she used to take her by the hand and walk out into the backyard at her house and look for bugs in the grass. Mm -hmm. And they would have the most wonderful time together. And to this day, my daughter just, there's kind of a refuge and a place of acceptance and naturalness that she has with her grandmother. It's, it's extremely special. And I think life was slower when her grandmother was growing up. People were more aware. They took more time to notice. And because religion was really more ubiquitous and more expected of people back then, they related it naturally to the way God speaks to us through the natural world. So, it's really just um something I feel like we need to really intentionally reclaim as our birthright is to be that connected to the natural world.
1: Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's like, you know, the Apple company and people are like fascinated with Steve Jobs and how did he do this? And you know, and rightly so. He was a brilliant man and or Tesla and Elon Musk and we we tend to in our in our world today, be very kind of down here, and not, not that there's anything wrong with that. There's a lot we can, you know. God bless these, you know, wonderful people who create incredible things. But are we doing the same on the natural level? That that would mm. be a thing, you know, just kind of kind of balancing things out a little bit, I guess. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, hundred percent. Hey, we're gonna take just a super short break here to let our sponsors say a few words, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Thanks so much for being with us, Dave. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you about St. Thomas Aquinas and what's so important about integrating his philosophy into our children's education. Um, You've got your wonderful book and we've got that in our show notes and you've got your series coming up. Are there any other resources that you like for introducing Aquinas? And feel free to tell us about your YouTube series as well.
1: Okay, thanks. Yeah, I think as far as resources, there's there's a lot of good books that have been written, been written that are, are pretty simple. One uh, book that I would recommend for St. Thomas Aquinas, for maybe like middle school and up, would be G.K. Chesterton's book called The Dumb Ox, which many people say is the best book ever written about Chesterton. Uh, and there's, um, let's see, I, I just came across a, a book by, by Kevin Post, I think is his name, and it's called the One Minute Aquinas. And I, I think that's a, a very accessible explanation of, of Aquinas. The other thing that I would recommend that isn't that necessarily you know, like overtly religious is field guides. You know, I I remember I used to, when I was a kid, I loved reptiles and amphibians. And I used to just carry this field guide with me. And I'd go out and, you know, you talk about, you know, lifting rocks or going down to the creek and just identifying it um which you know is this a garter snake or is it a water snake or is this what kind of you know birds? I mean you know get field guides and give them to your kids so that they can understand the the the, the uh, multiplicity of and creativity of God you know if you ever do a search of how many species of snakes or birds or insects or, you know, whatever. There, there's a lot. You're wondering why did God feel like He had to be so creative? I mean, we probably would have been content with 10 percent of them, but He's just overflowing in generosity and creativity, and that that's a lesson in and of itself. So I would just get books with cool pictures and explanations, and give them to your kids, and let them flip through. and uh, It's it, they're they're fascinating.
0: Yeah. I'll never forget when we first started homeschooling, our, our friends were doing field guides and drawing with their kids. And so we've, found you know as sometimes in the spring they do those little stink bugs they're kind of interesting looking they're in the shape of like a little shield and we ended up just kind of temporarily putting one in a jar and sat around drawing it one day we did the most beautiful drawings of it my daughter and I she was quite young but we suddenly noticed all the details and of course we identified it in the bug guide and did all that and then released it and I've never been able to look at one the same again the artistry of that little and it's actually an invasive species I think (laughs) Yeah, like not one you really want to see, but at the same time, incredibly beautiful. Something designed by God.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, you also can teach your kids that uh, everything that God creates is good. So yeah, if you look at the mosquito or the the bumblebee or the wasp, and you, you know, or some a lot of people don't like snakes, and but you say, well, what's good about them? You know, I think a, like you you run through a field and you get all those burrs all over you. Have you ever and they're so annoying and they're all over yes. your socks and shoes, and <laughs> you think, well. God God put these here basically to keep me out <laughs> you know I mean this is there, there's a purpose here because he's trying to protect something else. so mm-hmm. when we go running through the fields it's almost a sign like eh, maybe there's something else being protected or the the thorns on a rose you know why are they going to be thorns because they're so beautiful they need to be protected yeah. uh, and, and so you teach your kids that literally everything around them is beautiful and good in some way. And all of a sudden, how how would that change uh, one's mentality is to just be surrounded by nothing but goodness? Mm. Uh, that changes the way we see the world.
0: Yeah, and then we're able to step into the difficulty of human relationships and seeing the good there, too, and yeah. looking for God in each other. So beautiful. What other kinds of outcomes do you see through the lens of this kind of Thomist way of thinking of incorporating all of creation into our experience of ourselves and God?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a way of seeing the world that uh, brings more sense and, and understanding to just kind of the drama of, of life, you know, the ups and the downs. And I, I think so many people. Uh, suffer with despair and lack of meaning, and uh, and uh, that, that's what I personally have found from this. It's just like I, I I really do wake up every morning. and It's like yeah, you know, another another day, you know. And you hear people that live under very challenging circumstances, you know, that um, but still see there have been movies that have made about you know these kind of people that uh, you know you're like how could they possibly be happy under these circumstances? But it goes back to what we said before. It's 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 wisdom. It's the it, it's it's the the, it's it's seeing the big picture. It's seeing everything through uh, the the eyes of how God would see the world, and so ultimately, we all want happy kids. We want fulfilled kids. We want them to reach their final end and be happy on on the road to their final end. And I think um, Aquinas and you know Thomistic philosophy is is one of the the very good resources uh, to getting there.
0: Yeah, I feel like he has all these signposts for a great adventure with God.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you asked about my YouTube channel. If I can mention that, it's yeah, please uh, do. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's just called St. Thomas Aquinas for everyone. You can put in my name, Dave Palmer, the Summa. If you want to try to spell Theologia, that God bless you for <laughs> trying, uh, but you'll find it. And it's just little brief lessons here and there about different aspects of the Summa. And I enjoy doing it. And I think getting close to about a thousand subscribers now. So it's, it's growing oh. gradually, but it's just a little labor of love. And I enjoy doing it.
0: That's great. And last season we had once a month, you did a special feature for us. That's both video and audio that folks go find those uh, and you can watch those with your kids. A lot of fun. Really interesting. Well done.
1: Yeah. And as I mentioned before, thank you for, uh, you know, highlighting uh, my work. And uh, I remember being at a conference down in Houston one time, and I gave a presentation, and Walter was so enthusiastic about it, and he was so excited. And and it really, you know, because enthusiasm is contagious, and I I really am so grateful for Walter and Maureen and you and Homeschool Connections, because like I said before, without this platform, I, I don't i don't know how how i would have even written a book or a second book or anything like that so i'm very grateful thank you
0: yeah you're so welcome dave it's just a joy to bring you out and to share your thinking with others it's always a lot of fun and uh just leave us with whatever the holy spirit is bringing to mind to you to share with us as we start to wrap up our conversation dave
1: yeah. I would just say that uh, you know uh, the 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 goal of of everything is union with God. Okay? That's if you want to ask, you know, what's what's the summas it's about? It's it's not about St. Thomas Aquinas and it's not about him and he you know, I think he would have been a very humble um person. It's about God and it's it's all things are are trying to uh, lend, lend towards our our ultimate end, which is union with God. It's I, I compare it in my class to going on a vacation, and you know, you, yeah, you make stops for gas, and you put, you know, you pack up your bags and you know, all that. But ultimately, everything is focused on where you're going. Okay, I'm going to the beach in Florida, and that's what everything is directed towards. Well, our our beach in Florida is heaven <laughs> on, the, on the supernatural <laughs> realm, and so if we can incorporate every part of our intellect, our will, our passions, our desires, our senses, always front of mind that this is this is for a purpose and this is we're going somewhere. We want to bring as many people along with us. It 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 does ultimately result in greater joy and greater fulfillment and uh being able to make more sense of life.
0: Oh amen and amen. Thank you so much for this beautiful, resounding note of joy, of curiosity, all before the Lord and this sense of movement forward and our journey together. Uh, Dave, can't thank you enough. This was just a ton of fun. Everybody, I've got his books, uh, his book in the show notes, his YouTube channel, his Facebook group. You can definitely stay in touch with Dave and check out his course on homeschool connections. Um, might be a waiting list at this point this year, um, but maybe if enough people get on that waiting list, he'll teach it again. So okay, <laughs> sooner rather than later. <laughs> so uh, God bless you, Dave. God bless your family and all the good that you do.
1: Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Everybody, thanks for being with us. God bless you. Have a beautiful day in the Lord. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you, and thank you for joining us.